Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome into the second hour of First Take, getting ready for the Bud Light Countdown, the kickoff coming up at 10 a.m. with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, and of course, kickoff in Minnesota, WWL Saints Radio between the 5-4 and four Saints and the 5-4 and four Vikings coming up at high noon right here, like I said, WWL Saints Radio. First Take barreling on here. Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, 504-260-1870. Uh, Charlie, see, we got Big John on hold, wants to talk about the Saints D defense what you got for us this morning big john hey steve hey charlie how you doing what's All up right. big john hey uh charlie here's a question for you L- let me ask you a question what you got why is it that the saints make this so difficult on defense why can't they just play a normal defense you've got Lattimore, who's a shutdown cornerback he can shut down uh, jordan then you put uh, a debo on a big tight end he can cover him you put Davis, Mario Davis, in a line, in a, in a spying position across the line. You tell Pete Warner he's got the back in the backfield. That leaves you two safeties on, on top, plus Alante Taylor. I mean, I don't. Get, why do they make this so difficult? I don't see how Minnesota should be able to even move the ball. Yeah, you you have a clear matchup advantage, Big John. To your point, what you're saying. I mean, looking at this with Josh Dobbs specifically leading this offense without Justin Jefferson, without KJ Osborne, two of their top three receivers. As you said, Jordan Addison. I'd imagine Marshawn Lattimore is going to be on him today. It's going to be a matter of stopping him in the running game and being, as Deuce would say, very disciplined in run lanes and run lane de- uh, defense specifically. Because if you're looking at Dobbs. He can't hurt you with his legs, and he did it to Atlanta. 67 yards last week, Yeah, I think it was 67 yards on the ground in his first game with the Vikings against Atlanta this past week, or in week nine. And so you're looking at what he can do with his legs. At the same time, if you are disciplined in your run lanes and you don't give him any space and you're getting to the quarterback, like all this can just wipe out anything the Vikings can do offensively. Now, to your point about Hawkinson, he's not 100%. He's not going to be playing his normal snaps. At the same time, I do kind of like the idea of putting a bigger, you know, corner on him rather than having someone like Tyron Matthew, who's like what five eleven, uh, matching up against this gigantic tight end that right. you know Dobbs Cole, can just throw it up Cole to. We saw what Cole Komet was able to do to, to Tyron. Exactly, and and Komet, Komet's an underrated tight end too. So it's not like he's some bum off the street right. for the Bears. Like I think he's a really solid tight end for them. Uh, Hawkinson's a Pro Bowl level guy. He's been there, done that. He's not a hundred percent. At the same time, I do like your idea, Big John, of having someone like Paulson and Debo that can match up with a physical, bigger type of receiver because that's what TJ Hawkinson is. Like, he's a tight end in name, and but, but what you're asking him to do, you're asking him to catch the ball and go up and get these high-point targets uh, that Dobbs can just kind of loft up to him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think that the Saints defense is a clear matchup advantage here versus the Vikings offense with all the injuries that they've had. Um, so you, you just got to go out and take advantage. And, I mean, to your point of what the defense has been doing, their, their struggles have been first half, kind of just primor- primarily. In the second half, they've gotten back to their elite level of play in the last you know four or so games. It's the first half that they struggled, and that's led to a couple losses, but it's also because they've been able to pick it up in the second half, it's led to a couple wins as well. Now you're on a two-game winning streak. As we've said multiple times, Steve, you're trying to get to three games heading into this week 11 bye, feeling good about yourself with only one 
team with a winning record remaining after this game against the Vikings, it's the Detroit Lions. So going to going to run. Steve, would you? Go Steve, ahead, would you? Um, I'm sorry, Steve. Would you? Um, would you put Adebo uh, uh, the way he's playing on his tight end? I mean, it seems like it's a big physical moral matchup where the Saints ought to be able to just shut this team down. I mean, you got two cornerbacks at that point that can come up from the. Uh, Support the uh, run if they want to run the ball. Yeah, the way the Saints secondary is obviously set up, I think that they have uh, the tools to be able to shut down this Vikings team, like you were mentioning, with them hurting so much, not having to worry about a guy like Justin Jefferson. Jefferson takes so much attention. Right, exactly. So with him out of the picture, and also with Osborne, because Osborne is kind of their bigger receiver. And so if Osborne was playing in this game, which I think we're not expecting him to, Adiba would have been focused on him. But at this point, you're looking at the weapons that the Vikings are going to be featuring in this game. And without two of their top three receivers, it's like a two-man punch. It's Jordan Addison, right. who's a great route runner. But, I mean, if you, you're paying Marshawn Lattimore to be an elite corner and he's going against a rookie, you're expecting Marshawn Lattimore to have a good game against Jordan Addison. And then TJ Hawkinson, who's, as you know, Big John mentioned, a really big receiver, basically. he's not. I mean, he's a tight end in name, as I said. So you put... Maybe a depot on on Hawkinson. I, I could I would be fine with that idea. The, the the thing is that how many snaps is Hawkinson going to play? Like I think you'll see him in third down situations. I think you'll see him in red zone situations. You know, maybe a couple really big first downs. But outside of that, he's not going to play his normal workload because he's he's dealing with a ribs injury and an oblique injury. I think the big thing too, obviously, you got to see the Saints defensive front being able to pressure the quarterback. Uh, you know, being able to make Dobbs uncomfortable, but obviously. You know, there's that whole, you know, the the other end of that. You don't want to over-pursue too much and give him open lanes to take Correct. off on. Yeah, you got to be disciplined. I mean, in, in the defensive front, that front seven, you got to be able to contain him. We've seen Cam Jordan, I feel like, really had a, you know, pretty active game last week, hoping that can continue into this one. Especially, I know he's looking to do something special in his dad's old stomping grounds of Minnesota today. And I think from the Saints Hour earlier this past week, I think that Steve Jordan is go, actually right. going to be there. He's going to be at the game. I oh, think so you like, know Cam wants to show up for daddy. Yeah, no, that, I think that'd be a really cool storyline to follow, specifically if he has a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing that they can really do to hurt you is Dobbs with his legs. That's really what it comes down to. I'm not – you look at their running back duo of Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison. I mean, it's okay, Steve. You kind of mentioned they're only averaging 81 yards per game on the ground. It's not elite. It's not great. It's just kind of okay. And they might have to rely on it more with Justin Jefferson with K.J. Osborne out. Yeah, and, you know, we talked a little bit about Dobbs's mobility. That could end up being an issue – uh, obviously, with the running game struggling at the, the the running backs, at least for this Viking squad, not having much success, they might lean on uh, you know Dobbs's mobility more to get him those yardage. It's all about getting off to a good start, because you saw what Tyson Bajan did against the Saints this past weekend. Uh, just get off to a fast start, because if you've played elite football in the second half, and I mean Dennis Allen came out and said post game that halftime adjustments are overrated. It's not anything that they're really doing at halftime. It's just they're playing better. So just get off to a faster start. Just get off to a blazing start against this Josh Dobbs-led Viking squad, uh, and then the second half will come for itself. Going to take a break. When we get back, get into more of your calls on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. That's 504-260-1870. Also, the Saints Sound Bank. Like I said, Derek Carr, Cam Jordan, also deuces keys to today's game. Coming back with more first take after the break here on WWL. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Back here on First Take, Charlie reading out that text from 8873. Hey, Steve and Charlie, who that's relax. Saints will be focused and win today. Saints 27, Vikings 23. I declare thanks. I like that positive thinking, obviously. Black and gold needing to get to a fourth straight victory heading into the bye week would be a great thing. Uh, Saints quarterback Derek Carr spoke to the media earlier this week, and here's what QB1 had to say. Is there a trait that jumps out with this Minnesota defense? I know they have a guy that's got a lot of sacks on their, on their roster as well. I mean, mm-hmm. what stands out about this Minnesota? Oh, they fly around, man. They fly around. They got talent. They got talent everywhere from, you know, their own draft picks, from trades, free agents. I mean, they got uh, so much talent all over the place. And, you know, I start naming players and tell you all about them. But you just see the thing that jumps out is they fly around. They they create havoc in the, in the pocket. They, you know, punching the ball out, getting picks, whatever. Like, they are... They're flying around and uh, very well coached, obviously, with the coach there and, you know, great scheme. Uh, it's been tough for years uh, to go against. And, uh, you know, so you had good scheme with, you know, good players. You know, you're going to get great results. And they, they've done some things really, really well. Derek, how, how, can, how much can, like, a team really ride momentum? Because I know, like, Minnesota's one four straight. You guys are seem to pick it up. Is there, is there something tangible you can you can use that like, to move on, or is it really just week to week? What, what's kind of the, the breakdown of that? I don't know. You know, like, I've been in sports, you know, my whole life, and everyone talks about momentum, and everyone can kind of feel it. And you can't, But I don't know how to tangibly put a thing on it, you know. Like, I just – you come in every day and you try and give your best effort, you know. When, you know, we had a few losses there, I was still given – my best effort like it was the Super Bowl you know we've won a few and I'm still giving my best effort like it's the Super Bowl you know and so I don't I don't know you know I don't know how to I think if coaches knew how to bottle that up you know they'd have a secret formula and all those kind of things but it's just one of those things man you just keep doing things right you know Um, I I just believe in the process of uh, the weekly you know preparation and then going out there and cutting it loose and trying to execute the plays so precisely and so perfectly knowing that you'll never get there, but it just, you know, running good football plays, running with the right fundamentals, you know, you train that all week and all, all off season, your whole life. And I, that, that's where I think if you get a group of guys doing that, that momentum shows up, you know? Yeah. That, that pursuit for perfection in a sense, right? That's exactly right. right. Um, if you can get to three before the bye week, I mean, is that, is that kind of the, the goal right now for, for this team to, to want to get into that bye week three straight and then really kind of get going this, the second half? Well, absolutely. You know, um, Anytime you have a bye week or you play a Thursday game, extend time, that extra time you know, after a loss is always terrible. You know, you, you want to go into that with a win. That's every team in the NFL. You know, you're going into your bye week, you want to win. It feels better. You know, everyone's happy. You know, all, those, all those things. But, um, you know, for us, the, the focus is this week. You know, uh, the bye week is long ways away. You know, right now we have to prepare, you know, uh, you know, today, like today is the most important day. And that's the only way we keep doing that, that you get the results that you want. And so, uh, you know, I thought our meetings after the win were very good, very positive, very, 
you know, calling out the things we need to do better. Cause saying, hey, we got to start doing it better in there. Uh, you know, it kind of it just put that that fire. You know, Coach, you know, DA did a great job of lighting that fire in us again, saying, hey, this was good, but this is where it could be better. And as long as we're focused on that, I think that you know, we could hopefully feel good after that. Derek, uh, Brian Flores kind of has this reputation as a guy blitzes a lot. Yeah. Uh, you see that when you're looking at film this week? Absolutely. He's he's always been that way, and they do a great job of you know bringing it, showing you the same look, and dropping out of it. You know, they do. Uh, you know, you know, they try you know, blow you to sleep with something, and then they hit you with something. You know, they, they, he's such a good coach. You know, he really is. He's a great coach. I've always had so much respect for him uh, from afar, obviously going against him. Uh, and he's always, he always makes it difficult on quarterbacks. And you, you watch the watch the tape, you know, some really good teams having some problems. And, uh, you know, so for us, we got to be so locked in on our details and our rules and uh, on our game plan uh, so that we can go out there and try and have a successful day against him because it's tough. You know, uh, some, they, you know he's done a great job, you know, for a long time against really good offenses. So we got our work cut out for us. Until like that. Simulator pressures that you're talking about, or like where they're presenting a different picture pre post snap sort of deal. Or? They could, you know, they could show you the same picture and bring about you know, four different guys. They can show you the same picture and drop them all. They can show you the same picture and bring them all. You know, they, you know, they, they do a lot of really good things uh, before the snap and as soon as the ball snapped and the, the film is paused, it's easy to be like, well, why didn't they do this? Well, it's like, you know, it's you see a lot of teams struggling with playing against him because it all looks the same and they, they have Harrison you know who's one of the greatest all-time disguised players him and Eric Weddle you know I've played them for so many years you know they just they know how to show one thing make you think that oh and then this and that you know they've they have a great feel of the game um, and you appreciate that and you know guys like that mixed in with that scheme it makes it very difficult. Saints quarterback Derek Carr and the offense getting ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings and Carr man uh, looking to go third game in a row with two plus touchdown passes and a hundred plus rating. So he's heating up. Yeah, things are heating up for this offense. Hopefully that continues. Obviously in Minnesota, I know this defense is going to be bringing a ton of pressure though uh, on Carr and the offense. So it's going to be well, interesting to see how the line responds <laughs> to the to the pressure of Minnesota. Mike made a good point earlier in the week that he's probably finally getting fully healthy from that AC joint sprain. Right. Like throwing him out in that Tampa Bay game just did not work out. He was not even close to 100%. But now it seems like he's finally getting healthy. He's heating up. He's obviously been feasting on some, you know, I guess you could say porous defense is between, obviously, the Colts and then the Bears. This upcoming defense against the Vikings is a much tougher test, but at the same time, it's still kind of just middle of the pack. It's a middling defense. It's, you know, ranked 16, 17 in a lot of different categories. But, I mean, looking at how important this game is, Carr said himself, getting a win going into the bye. Obviously huge. At the same time, it's just as important for the Vikings because if you're looking at their schedule right now, they're in a four-game winning streak, and their upcoming games, obviously, they post the Saints today. Then they travel to face the Broncos. The Broncos are having a terrible year. They're 3-5 and five right now, and then they're coming back home to host the Bears heading into their bye, which is week 13. I, I feel like that's like very one late. of the latest buys you for could sure. possibly have. And then coming out of the bye, they have the Raiders. That's three very, very winnable games for this Minnesota Vikings squad. So if they can you know, maybe turn this into close to an eight-game winning streak, for them, that'd be that'd be insane. That'd be season changing after their slow start that they had. Now, granted, you know, two of their last three games against the Lions, um, and then also they had the the Bengals as well. Uh, three of their last four games, actually. So, 
this is a huge game for them. It's a huge game for the Saints. I, this is one of those premier matchups. If you look at the NFC playoffs right now, there are seven teams, and I get that we're only in Week 10, so people are going to tell me to calm down. There are seven teams with five or more wins. Right. These are two of those teams. Mickey Loomis talked earlier in the week that this could be a tiebreaker scenario if you don't win the South and you're trying to jostle for a wild card spot. Maybe the Vikings, uh, whenever the Vikings could be the difference in you making the playoffs or not. Maybe if the Vikings, as I said, their upcoming schedule is kind of soft, if they can get a couple wins over the Lions and potentially even win the NFC North, uh, you could be jostling with them for potential seeding with like between three or four or something like that. You know what I mean? So there's a lot at stake in this game. Uh, looking at the Minnesota Vikings, do they have a chance to get Cousins back before the season ends, or is he done for the uh, year? Yeah, I think he's done for the year. So they're riding with Dobbs. They're riding the rest with Dobbs, but at the same time, this is their first full week with Dobbs getting planned as a starter. At this, but on the opposite <laughs> side, this is a full week for Dennis Allen and that defensive staff to prepare for Dobbs. So we'll see how it all kind of jostles out. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm hoping that the whole fairy tale, whatever you want to call around Dobbs, definitely comes to a crashing end today in Minnesota. Seen on our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line, Jimmy's on hold. Jimmy and Gretna, what you got for us this morning? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Jimmy? Hey, hey, look, Charlie, I'm not going to get into too much don't, detail. We've got to save that. we got to save that, Jimmy. Before last yeah, we're going to save that for this week. For yeah, we'll Mike. save it. And Bobby, what happened in Lafayette with Southern Miss? But let's tie that in the, the quarterback situation. My boy Nick Mullins, he was going to have his shot. He's still on the IR. Uh, Dobbs is the man. Uh, they have no they, – they had, I think, Sean Mannion, who I think was with the Saints for a little while. He's yeah. actually their backup. They elevated him from the practice squad. So, yeah, the Vikings are pretty much decimated at, at a quarterback. The, the QB1, QB2's out. Uh, but I got to give Dobbs credit. If it wasn't for Dobbs, uh, we never would have found Alvin Kamara, right? Because Sean Payton was uh, scouting Dobbs, and he needed somebody to catch those passes at Tennessee for him, and it turned out it was Alvin Kamara. So uh, thank you, Josh Dobbs, for that. Now give us that L today. Uh, I don't say, look, the guy's a journeyman. I know he had a great game last week, but he's played on a bunch of teams. He, he We'll see. I, there's a lot of footage out there. We're prepared for him. And um, I'll finish with this. Look, congratulations to uh, Jaden Daniels. I think he won the Heisman last night. And, and I don't have a hall pass today for the Saints game at the Dome, but I'm trying to go see Zion and Doncic tonight at the uh, at the at the Blender. So uh, they got seven dollar tickets. But yeah, I know uh, Gail Benson will be there for that one. But look, I think we're going to win. Uh, the Vikings have kind of had our number, have haunted us. With all the situations, uh, Mark, Marcus Williams play and all that stuff, they've knocked us out the playoffs multiple times. Yeah, But I think we're in a position to take them out. We should win today. I like that thought, Jimmy, uh, for sure. And, yeah, this Minnesota Vikings team uh, mentioned earlier, too, for whatever reason, they're just a big thorn in the side to this black and gold squad. Uh, whether it's – I don't even know if it's you could say matchups. It's just a lot of strange things have happened in this game that end up turning out in the negative outcome for the for the Saints. Well, hopefully those Road Warrior Saints will show up today. And, yes, and definitely. Kind of prevent that from happening. But, yeah, I mean, in a sense, like Josh Dobbs, Bobby would always say this, like he's bought himself some time in the NFL. Absolutely. At least as a backup for, like, the foreseeable future. I mean – it's just kind of almost similar to what Andy Dalton did this past year with the Saints and how he got that opportunity with the Panthers. Now he's their backup, and he'll be a backup for a couple more years in the NFL and just keep collecting paychecks. That's what Dobbs did. But you're going against a backup. 
And that's what Jimmy kind of mentioned. You're not going against Kirk Cousins, who I think we'd both agree is probably a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL as of now. You're going against Josh Dobbs, and this is only his second week with the team. You can't have what happened to Atlanta happen to you. <laughs> Let that stay with the Dirty Birds and have them have their you know, famous chokes and everything like that. Don't let it happen to the Saints today. <laughs> Going to get back with more first take after the break, dipping back into our sound bank. When we get back, we'll hear from defensive end Cam Jordan as he and the team look to sack Josh Dobbs and that Vikings offense today in Minnesota. Coming back with more first take after the break here on WWL. Getting back into first take here. Want to see uh, listen to our Saints sound bank. Hearing from defensive end Cam Jordan, who spoke in the locker room earlier this week. Here's what Cam had to say as the Saints get ready for those Minnesota Vikings. What do you guys have to do to be able to corral from the mobile quarterback? Because you're going to see another one. Right? Um, I mean, why wouldn't you blame it on D-line? When a quarterback escapes the pocket, who do you point the finger at? It's got to be on us. Uh, when you, you feel like Dobbs, what he was doing in Arizona was was – pretty electric um, and what he did last week against Atlanta was uh, was astounding the way he extended plays off with his feet so it's got to be on the D-line we've got to be able to collapse the pocket we've got to be able to you know it's another one of those weeks where it's no fun to rush the quarterback and we've we faced like three or four or five of those already this year you know where it's like you'd love to hit the hit the top edge of a rush or you know run eight yards in but that's going to lead to gashes on the defense so you can't do it uh, I think our, our defensive line has congealed enough with our interior where now we can and start talking about all right well, this is what we have to do you know we were we were asking you to do it now we were telling you to do it and it has to get done is that why maybe the pressure numbers aren't maybe what you guys would expect or i don't know does pressure does pressure equal what what does that equal for anybody um you want to get pressure to quarterback for sure but our pressure numbers down or up they're down this year gosh darn it in terms of like defensive blitz are we talking about personally speaking like i don't know anymore at, at some point we're trying to put it together wins um, so if, you know, we, we're not, we're, we're, watching, we're facing these mobile quarterbacks, we're not allowed to, you know, pass rush to our highest capacity because it's one of those things where you have to collapse the pocket and have your eye on the quarterback. It just is what, it, what it is. Again, I'm, I'm here to get wins. I'm not here to get pressures. Or, you know, it's great to have pressures if those pressures lead to us winning. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we want to do our jobs to the, our, our highest abilities, and that uh, hopefully puts our team in a better position to win. He goes five turnovers. At this point, if we say pressures are down, also turnovers are more than double up from last year. Um, so it goes hand in hand. So, so does that mean, obviously, you like sacks, but you think what you've done I love ha sacks. has been effective? On quarterbacks. You're, you're willing to reluctantly admit that you're okay with this if it's right. I'm okay with winning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we strive for. I mean, do I want to have 13, 14 sacks by now? Sure. In a great year, but I have six? Yes. Have I split a whole bunch of sacks? Absolutely. Are pressures cool? Fine. But at the end of the day, when that, when that uh, you know, game clock ends, are we winning? Um, you could have three sacks and a loss. That doesn't hit the same as uh, zero sacks and a win. It doesn't hit the same as, you know, success as a team. Um, I think personal accolades are great. Team wins are better. And when you say that you – I mean, you haven't faced necessarily a lot of run-first quarterbacks, but, but that's been a plan. No, we, we've, we face a lot of first read and then run quarterbacks. Yeah. If, instead of, you know, read the defense and then, you know, whatever it is. And so that's led to that approach? It is what it is. You have to be, you have to be aware of how we've been gashed. You know, 78 yards out of 100 and however many, 
on the ground uh, this pass game was from the quarterback. You know, the week before that, whatever it was, it was another 40 or 50 yards from the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence had another 40 or 50 yards from the quarterback. It seems like these 50-yard clips are happening and escaping from our, you know, our whatever it is, the sleuthing out the B gaps or taking around and whatever that is. We have to be able to eliminate that. Once we get that off the film, we can get back to doing what, what I know we can do. It felt like the in-game uh, adjustments to that because I think with Tyson last week, he had like 60 in the first half and you held him like 10 rushing yards. And have you felt like the in-game adjustments to, to adjust how that has, yeah, has been better? I, which has led you guys to ask us a lot about how do we start fast and, you know, uh, keep that, keep that uh, foot on the pedal. Uh, it has to be a team collective effort. It has to be a D-line uh, conscious rush which is great when you're rushing three against five. But, you know, like, you have to know exactly what you're going against, and you have a mobile quarterback again. Um, you know, had it been, I mean, not Badgett, but Justin Fields would have been the same type rush. The games we play, the quarterbacks we face, it just is what it is. Based on the film that you have seen, what makes Josh Dobbs maybe more elusive and getting out of the pocket? Probably because there's not a lot of film on him. You know, he's been in the league for a long time, and you're watching, we're breaking down preseason games still. Uh, breaking down Arizona Cardinals games and now, you know, Vikings game. But that small sample, he's extending plays. He's doing he's doing a lot of the right things. Uh, hate to see it as a rusher. You know, the DA talked about rush lanes and kind of like four rushers working together. Is that something that when you make Four rushers, you said four? Four, oh, uh, however many you have. 3D line and a right. linebacker, got it, it. With a few changes on the interior, you know, is that something that takes some time in terms of just understanding how everyone wants to play and how they react to certain things? Yeah, I mean, in terms of our defense and what we like to do, uh, it, it has to be a clear line of communication, which it has been. So when a quarterback does escape, you know, it gets taken care of immediately on the sideline, which sucks that we've had to talk about it each and every week for the last five weeks. At Saints defensive end Cam Jordan, who had his second sack of the season last week. He's got four and a half sacks, five tackles for loss in eight career games versus the Vikings. That includes the playoffs. We know his dad uh, used to be a Minnesota Viking and will be in attendance for this matchup today. So hopefully Cam wants to show up for the Minnesota crowd and also for his pops. Yeah, definitely get another sack on Dobbs. Get that <laughs> pressure on him, but at the same time, just be disciplined with him because that's the main thing he can hurt you with is his feet. So I want to give credit to Cullen for pointing out the stat uh, because it threw me for a loop <laughs> for sure. Obviously, Josh Dobbs, his, most of his career has been spent as a backup. Sure. With what happened to Kyler Murray this year and then obviously Ryan Tannehill last year, Dobbs was kind of put in the starting position in Tennessee for a couple of games, and then he was a starter at Arizona for the you know first half of the season this year. So Do Josh Dobbs has 10 career starts. In those games, he has a 1-9 record. But get this, his one win? over the Dallas Cowboys with Arizona this mm. year. Now, his starts date back to, you know, December of this past year, so all of them have been within the last, you know, 11 months or so. Uh, in those games, he is averaging 62% completion percentage, 198 yards per game, one touchdown per game, and .7 interceptions per game passing. Um, so it's like, it's okay. You know, it's not like world-beating numbers. It's backup numbers. And he's, at, he's getting sacked on average 2.3 uh, times per game. Uh, his passer rating as well. Uh, 79.7 he has had a number of fumbles too right he's definitely been a little careless with the football uh, hopefully we can sack him and knock that ball out so so yeah I mean as I said it's serviceable right like it's serviceable numbers as a passer as a backup quarterback in the NFL but he's a backup and that's who you're facing today and it's I mean how many backups have the Saints face this year <laughs> it's kind of they face Garner Minshew they face Tyson Bajan and now they're facing Josh Dobbs in back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back games 
I mean, the last starter they played was that Thursday night game against Jacksonville. It's right. kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? Definitely. I want to thank the good folks at Magazine Pizza right now for feeding our in-studio Saints game day crew, Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine Street. You can get dine-in or delivery, the best gourmet pizza selection in town. Magazine Pizza also has pastas, sandwiches, wings, and salads. Just go to magazinepizza.com. Coming back with more First Take right after this here on WWL Saints Radio. Getting closer, our Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check. Two hours, seven minutes till the noon kickoff on WWL Saints Radio between the five and four Saints and the five and four Minnesota Vikings. Black and gold heading into the bye week after this matchup, looking for a big victory to get to six and four as they sit a top the NFC South. Uh, Deuce McAllister had his breakdown of the black and gold on Friday. Fans in the pro, here are his keys to this day, uh, today's matchup. Uh, let's hear what Deuce uh, has to think. One, this week you need to control the tempo. And so by that, uh, by what I mean is don't allow Minnesota to get comfortable from an offensive standpoint. Uh, we talked about being able to show different things as far as coverages as well as looks. Um, that's one thing that they have to do. Saints have to win the, uh, the turnover battle. Uh, this is a game that's going to be critical, but potentially against a team that blitzes as much as Minnesota does. So, you know, normally that, that, that tends to either big plays for us or big plays for them. And so continue to get your weapons involved. We know last week that Rashid and Mike T didn't get the looks, the targets that they normally do. Try to get those guys involved this upcoming week. And then red zone, it doesn't change. You, you, you need to go 80% or better in the red zone. You need to go 80% or better. It's going to be a tough place. This is a tough place. The Saints haven't had a lot of uh, luck and success up in Minnesota. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a tough, tough place to play. Uh, Minnesota's playing with a lot of confidence, a ton of confidence. And so you have to disrupt them. Uh, you'll see a new back. Cam Akers is not available. So Chandler, how about this? I played with Ty's dad <laughs> in college. I played with Ty's dad in college. Uh, so, yeah, you talk about feeling old. That's one. And so you've got Madison, who you've got to tap. And so we talk each week about giving up yardage. If the Saints are undisciplined this week, run lane, whether right. it's via the run versus the quarterback or via the run versus the, t the running backs, not going to be a, a, a good weekend for the Saints. That Saints color analyst Deuce McAllister there with his keys to this matchup, c kicking off at noon here on WWL Saints Radio. And, yeah, you heard there at the end, Charlie, obviously being able to contain Josh Dobbs. We've talked about it a, a, a lot in first take here. We've seen way too many quarterbacks from, shoot, Trevor Lawrence to Tyson Badgett being able uh, to be mobile against this Saints squad where you don't really consider those guys as running quarterbacks, but they are still mobile and capable of getting these yards. And we know that uh, Dobbs is definitely capable of that as well. Yeah, when we talked to Brooke Kershaw for earlier in the week, she said that the Saints have given up the third most rushing yards to quarterbacks of anyone in the NFL. I mean, DA's kind of mentioned it as well during the week when we had him on the coaches show. They got to be better. And I mean, that's the one thing that the I've said it multiple times during the show. That's the one area that the Vikings offense can really, really hurt you is the quarterback running game. Because when you're without Justin Jefferson, when you're without K.J. Osborne, you have J Jordan Addison, T.J. Hawkinson, and a backup quarterback. You have a good offensive line as well. I mean, as Mike had mentioned earlier, Christian Darrison and Brian O'Neill, one of the best you know, tackle tandems in the entire NFL. 
So it's going to be hard to get pressure on them. At the same time, you just got to be really disciplined on the front seven. Yeah, hoping that the black and gold can get some takeaways against this Minnesota squad too. We know that uh, the the Vikings are always a difficult matchup for them, whether it's playoffs, regular season. But I have seen here that the Vikings lead the series 20-12 to 12 all-time. Saints have won two of the last three, though, in the regular season. So here's the stat with Josh Dobbs specifically about, I mean, interceptions, he's got five. He's got 11 fumbles, but he's only lost six. So, I mean, that equates to 11 lost turnovers on the season for him. And then the Vikings as well, minus five in the turnover differential. Yeah. When the Saints are plus eight, got to build on that, try and get to plus 10, get plus two or something even plus one would work out but plus two to really feel comfortable today no that's something that deuce mentioned as well you got to get the takeaway margin b plus in that you don't want to fall behind and end up giving this offense uh more extra opportunities uh you got that the negative of being on the road in this game you know that crowd is going to be feisty there in minnesota everybody trying to try to stay warm i know it's a little chilly day there indoor facility though so the conditions will be yeah. good for yeah, kicking and this one could very well end up coming down to a blake groupie field goal i know <laughs> that, that your face right there yeah, says it yeah. all yeah no i hope i hope it doesn't i hope the Saints take care of business and you know the vegas line tells me something you know what i mean like they have the Saints as three-point favorites, and I imagine it's going to be a tight game. I, my score prediction is really pretty close, but at the same time, them being three-point favorites on the road makes me think that they kind of expect this to not necessarily be a blowout, but be like a touchdown type of margin. You know what I mean? Like, don't you feel the kind of, kind of same way? Because a lot of the times when you see the Saints spreads, they're almost always like one-point lines. Right. When you get up to like three on the road against a Vikings team that typically plays well against the Saints, like the Saints don't perform very well in Minnesota – Maybe the sports books know something that we don't, uh, but ultimately I'm, I'm gonna have a close game uh, with my prediction. I don't think the Saints are necessarily going to blow out the Vikings in some crazy margin or anything like that. No, and talking about that now, I, I agree with you. I still think this will be a relatively uh, close game, not double digits, but right around like a seven, eight, nine point kind of matchup. Okay. Uh, look, looking at the Saints side of things, if you're in fantasy football, who's one dude that's your guy for today heading into this matchup against the Vikings? Mm. I know it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. I, You know, I'm, I'm building on the Derek Carr train. I mean, he's had a good couple weeks in a row. For sure. Like, just keep it rolling, keep it rocking. And, and I mean, his quarterback rating has gone up recently. His Playing touchdown numbers free. touchdown numbers have gone up recently. As you said, turnover numbers have gone down, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, instead of just picking a position player, because at the same time, I think, like, with the amount of blitzes that the Vikings are going to throw at you, I think that you're going to have to have your running backs be able to pick up some pressure. Um, so I don't really want to pick Kamara or, or Jamal Williams necessarily, uh, even though either one of them could get a touchdown in this game. I'm not really just going to be betting on it. So give me Derek Carr. I am going to take Mike T today, hoping go. that he's got a little bit of angst towards him after what's going on with his issues outside of his house dealing with uh, you know, contractors and the construction company uh, invading his property line there. Uh, if you didn't hear, Michael Thomas arrested on misdemeanor charges of simple battery and criminal mischief on Friday. Uh, no issues for him, though, playing in this game. Did make the trip with the black and gold into Minnesota. Be interested to see if the NFL comes down with any kind of you know suspension for him. I don't uh, know more details about what's going on with the situation. I think obviously the legal way to hear more on that as well. I do think, like I said, you're looking at like a 27 to 20 kind of matchup for this black and gold team. I do think they do end up with the victory. Uh, Steve Geller along with Charlie Long hanging out here, wrapping up first take, getting into the Bud Light countdown, the kickoff coming up next right here on WWL Saints Radio. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.